In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your bi-weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news, explained by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about Gabrielle Union. An impeachment update. And the Iowa caucuses. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hey, Ryan. How was your Thanksgiving? So great. How was yours? It was good. Actually, I got sick on Thanksgiving, so like it oh, wasn't no. so great, but it was, I was in Florida and it was warm, so whatever. Oh, there you go. I was in yeah. Vermont and it was very cold. But it was pretty. It was very cute. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is the first um, week that has not been completely insane. Yeah. As in like, it's only mildly insane. Yeah. In terms of the news. In terms, yes, in terms of the news. <laughs> that is what why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah. If you notice, Donald has not. Something's up. He has not. He hasn't been as tweeting up a storm. He hasn't been himself lately, mm-hmm. and I think that they're hiding something. Oh, there's something they're not telling us. Yeah, or maybe he was just spending some great quality time with his children during the long break. You know, maybe he taught Baron how to like fish. I mean, he <laughs> I'm doesn't. Kidding, even, obviously, guys. He doesn't. He can't. <laughs> He can't stand for more than a couple minutes. Yeah, I think he, he can't even picture that. I wonder. Okay. How, I wonder what they talk about. They don't. <laughs> As they they don't like yeah. it is so easy to just have no conversation with an absent father. Like oh, that's they true. Don't talk. Mm-hmm. There's like no conversation there. Yeah. All right, Brian. What's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, I just love it when you know we can debunk a conspiracy theory or just like any like random thing that Trump tweets or says. Love a debunked conspiracy theory. So, okay. The inspector general, according to the New York times, the justice department's inspector general quote, found no evidence that the FBI attempted to place undercover agents or informants inside Donald J. Trump's campaign in 2016 as agents investigated whether his associates conspired with Russia's election interference operation. So basically, remember when Trump tweeted that Obama wiretapped my phones, he wiretapped Trump Tower. I remember. That's basically what this was about. Um, it, con- it just basically contradicts Trump and his allies, like conspiracy theories and their claims that the FBI spied on them explicitly because Obama ordered it. Um, it took this long to, to come out with that report? You know what's kind of fucked up about it is that like, he made this out of whole cloth? Yes. And they did a whole... Uh-huh. Like, weeks of people's jobs was dedicated... Were? Months. Dedicated? Time. Months, yeah. Like, money, taxpayer dollars was we're, dedicated to him tweeting out a fucking random thought he had. You know? And saying it on the saying it at a rally. It's just funny that people think our institutions are strong. I know. When that is, like, it, it's, thing. It's, like, also... That's, like, also the reason we had a... a 
such a long government shutdown in the beginning of the year because of the border wall, which was just an idea. He came up with the idea with like, off the top of his fucking head at a rally. Like now we are like spending, like losing millions, billions, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also just funny because remember after the impeachment testimonies, Donald Trump went on Fox and friends for 53 minutes on the phone because he has so much time available to him because he actually doesn't do anything. Um, so long. And he said that this report will be potentially historic. And he predicted that perhaps the biggest scandal in the history of our country. And it's just not. It's funny because there's no way they're talking about the report anywhere on Fox mm-hmm. News. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about this report. So mm-hmm. it doesn't literally the last thing everyone heard about it was that this was the most scandalous report to ever come out. They probably still don't know that it has come out. Yeah. And vindicated Obama. Well, I remember like looking at a group text of someone else's phone because I was going through their phone to see what kind of crazy shit they were saying with their friends, like a Trump supporter family member of mine. Oh, you were? Yeah. Wait, tell us more about that. I used to That's do this. News. I was, I would like sometimes see the, com- like, cause like he was on, he's on a group chat with his other Trump supporter friends. That's like what we have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was just reading it to see what it was mostly propaganda. But one, and it was specifically this moment when he tweeted about this, when Trump tweeted that Obama wiretapped Trump Tower and tapped his phones. And it was all caps letters Obama wiretapped Trump. Oh my God. And I was like, and then they're all like, of course he did. And blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. It well, sounds really just like our chat, just opposite. <laughs> I know. Well, like, I, it's really, I've really come to realize that, you know, one party peddles in conspiracy theories and one peddles in facts. Like, right, you know, but, even science. <laughs> but the thing is, but the thing is that we all use the same in- language. Mm-hmm. Like we all use the same words and ways of reacting. Yeah. So that if you don't actually know the facts, it's really hard to distinguish, well, which really is helping him build this. Exactly. Authoritarianism because they're literally, they do one thing and then they just exclaim the opposite. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's similar to this whole Ukraine thing. Like, you know, Senator Kennedy. Just like that. Um, is on it was on Meet the Press yesterday, and he talks about how you, like Ukraine conspired to to meddle in the 2016 election, which is a provable conspiracy theory, and he even gets called out on it. But he repeats the claim over and over again because you know a lot like not to be like shady, but a lot of his support Trump supporters or Republican supporters don't know what Ukraine is. They don't know where Ukraine is. They're not like, they just think, they're like, Ukraine is so corrupt. And they're like, you know, I heard of Ukraine. I heard it's corrupt. They like, they don't know. They don't know the context of Ukraine and that they're kind of on the front lines between, they are like the number one place Russia would like to take over to increase Mm -hmm. their sphere of influence to bring us back to like the Cold War days. And like, those are really unpleasant. And like, I'm not trying to go back, especially now that we have all this digital shit that they could just easily fuck up, turn off the power for who knows how long. Turn mm-hmm. off, you know, fuck up the banks. You don't know what they could yeah. do. It did. So, it, the report, just real quick. Let's talk about the both report. Sides, yeah. Sorry. The report did criticize, however, it did criticize the FBI, um, how it handled some aspects of the investigation, including, quote, errors and omissions when FBI officials applied for the wiretap. Basically, um, one FBI agent did a really sloppy job when needing to renew the wiretap on several occasions. Um, a low-level lawyer named Kevin Kleinsmith is accused of altering an email that officials used to prepare to seek court approval to renew the wiretap. Um, so basically, he like added some of his own like assertions to the bottom of 
the original email that they used to wiretap. They used to um, ask for the wiretap. Right. So it just seemed like, like it, it was part like of the email, it seemed, but it was yeah. actually just his commentary. Yeah. It, so it seems like the initial like request to to wire to um, survey Carter Page, the Trump campaign advisor. Um, former Trump campaign advisor was legitimate, but then it seemed like they kind of were sloppy about re- re-upping the wiretap after that. Yeah, I mean, to me, this sounds like pretty standard, like when people are just sort of like lazy at work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, it and it also sort of reminds me of Comey's that Hil- Hillary was extremely careless in her handling yeah. of her emails. It's like, yeah, I think that ultimately everyone wants to think that our government is like super into security and safety and like protocol. Yeah. But I actually think that they're just human beings and they fuck up. Everyone just wants to be home by 5 p.m. You know? Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's like it's like oh god, I need to like look up more evidence, but I know this guy needs to be wiretapped. Let me just like quickly like do 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 do. Okay, mom, I'm on my way home. Mom, right. wife. Mom. <laughs> mom. I, yes, I do not yeah. live with my parents. It, they might though. But, yeah. <laughs> they might. <laughs> yeah, but um, and, yeah, on that government salary, you never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that is. I mean, it's interesting. I don't think that it actually has any any bearing on whether he was a. Sus- Carter Page should have been wiretapped. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely, and he was approved several times for wiretapping, and yeah. none of them were by Obama. Yeah, specifically. Um, Sammy, what's getting you through this week in Trump's America? So, Brian, have you heard this Gabrielle Union story? Yes, I know, like peripherally, what it's about. I don't know specifically. Well, I'm a big Gabrielle Union fan, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I will ever since bring it on. I stand. So basically she's apparent. She was let go at America's got talent. Mm -hmm. Um, She and Julianne Huff were fired last week from as judges. And ever since Gabrielle has been speaking out about the racist treatment following her firing from NBC. Um, Basically she says that there was a a kind of a toxic questionably racist culture at America's Got Talent. Mm. Um, And she has a few examples. One of them is, according to Variety, um, Jay Leno was a guest judge one time and he made a joke that a painting of Simon Cowell surrounded by dogs looked like something one would find on the menu at a Korean restaurant. And Gabrielle Union urged producers to report the joke to HR. Um, She also expressed concern about a white male performer who painted his hands black to portray Beyonce, which is like, Black. I didn't realize black. Yeah. Like when you can't do blackface, like you also can't do black hands. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. how how complicated is that? Don't alter any part of your skin <laughs> to look like a different race. Yeah. Just just don't. Just yeah. don't. It's so easy. It's so easy. You can save so much makeup. Mm-hmm. Like it's just and money point. and money. Because if you're white, you probably don't have that color makeup. Yeah. So like you can just <laughs> not buy it. Yeah. <laughs> just don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. So um. Okay, and then with that with that story where this where this performer painted his hands, producers told her they would take it out of the live taping, but they didn't agree that it should be rem- the contestant should be removed permanently. So they you know took kind of like a half measure there. Mm-hmm. And then as for Julianne Huff, sources told Variety that she received consistent criticism on hair, makeup, and wardrobe, which impacted her morale and led to tensions. Um, I mean, I don't think this is per- this is specific, a race specific thing, but it seems like it was kind of that classic toxic misogyny mm-hmm. 
which we've all heard is a prominent NBC. Like, no one I should know. be shocked. Like, such a shame was personally my favorite network. Yeah. MSNBC still stand you. But like, um, but yeah, it seems like that was like not as great of a place to work as some might think. I mean, and it kind of makes sense now considering how old it is. They've had a lot of, you know, issues lately uh, concerning upper management's handling of, you know, toxic work environments because to, you know they, they need they, the, the the fish just seems to be stinking from the head they need to clean house and hire a woman at the top potentially even a woman of color mm-hmm. to really turn this around and like actually admit that they need to make major changes into what they are as an organization i think yeah yeah i mean and I, it was great to see like i saw that like her husband was tweeting a lot about it in support of her um, Dwayne Wade, I believe he is an athlete of some kind. He yes, <laughs> Jesus playing D- playing LeBron. I'm playing Dwayne Wade. What's Come that? On. It's is, from is that a, is New that a song? York, concrete jungle. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> We're looking at our podcast producer who is a who's wearing a sports hat. <laughs> it's it's a hat of some sport. <laughs> I don't know what sport. That looks like a sport logo. Yeah, it is a sport logo. <laughs> I think it's for San Francisco <laughs> SF. What That's, what team? Giants. Never would have known that. Okay. Which is also a football team and How a could baseball you team. Because there's a baseball team called the Giants. Yeah, and but then there's which a, hat is I it for? I say soccer. That one's because I know the Giants are red or blue. So the Giants are blue. No, the Giants are from New York. I know, but the, the colors are blue. Team. The hat he's wearing is orange. Dude, this is San Francisco. But well, the Giants. Giants. He just said the Giants. Of baseball? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a Giants of baseball. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Okay, moving anyway, on. Anyway, <laughs> sac launched an investigation into the circumstances surrounding Gabrielle Union's departure from America's Got Talent. I'll be paying attention to this story. We will update you if there's any results. You know, mm-hmm. an explosive thing that comes out in a year. That yeah. It's <laughs> the historic report yeah put ronan farrow on the case guys oh i gotta listen to the catch and kill podcast i know yeah okay in catch and kill i discovered that ronan farrow lives in my neighborhood based on descriptions of his surroundings Mm -hmm. and like now every time i'm around i'm out i'm like on the lookout i'm like where is he the only thing that i can the only like i love i just love i love his relationship with john levitt me too and that they're like engaged and they're just like these like two like politically active like badass dudes yeah it's pretty cool and they're like quite opposite when you look at them very Mm -hmm. personality too yeah it's interesting yeah um so what is going let's move into the main news yeah what is going on with impeachment yeah so public impeachment hearings are over following the past few weeks um some members and staff stayed in town over thanksgiving to draw up a report Tomorrow, the House Intelligence Committee will vote on that report. So the House Intelligence Committee is the one that was holding the hearings. Um, The vote will likely break along party lines and is a formality. So the Democrat-controlled body can pass the impeachment inquiry over to the Judiciary Committee, which is scheduled to begin its proceedings on Wednesday. Jerry Nadler will be heading the the Judiciary Committee, and he will be sort of running those as opposed to Adam Schiff now. Oh, that's such a shame. I really... Yeah. Jerry Nadler's actually my representative. Oh, really? He is. Give him a call. But, um, you know, he doesn't know me, but he will. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, I loved Adam Schiff at the height of those uh-huh. of those hearings. Did you see he, uh, on Thanksgiving, tweeted a picture of his little family with his daughter and her boyfriend? And, like, literally, I see this, I'm like, 
you're gonna call out this boyfriend yeah like right here <laughs> right now oh well maybe they like him they yeah. clearly do he wouldn't tweet him out Unless, right. or he hates him imagine imagine that or he's like i'm gonna tweet out this picture of my girlfriend's boyfriend because my, i can't my stand daughter's them together. Boy- my, my fuck i am fucking up my words today i'm it's sorry okay. my daughter's boyfriend just to break them up okay but here's a, okay yes sorry <laughs> but here's a fun a fun story um, so these hearings that are starting that Jerry Nadler's running, Trump refuses to participate in them. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what happens is that uh, Trump's lawyer, Pat Cipollone, who like this guy, this guy is like, his name is coming up a little too much. I feel like he mm-hmm. is going to be like up there with the Goebbels types. Yeah, I um, mean, I, he Trump loves to get a good Italian name working for him, doesn't he? You know, Cipollone. Yeah, he does. Cipollone. You're right. Okay, so Not this to is make what stereotypes the, about them. But, you know. This is what the letter said. We cannot fairly be, be expected to participate in the hearing while the witnesses are yet to be named and while it remains unclear whether the, ju- the Judiciary Committee will afford the president a fair process through additional hearings. More importantly, an invitation to an academic discussion with law professors does not begin to provide the president with a semblance of a fair process. Accordingly, under the current circumstances, we do not intend to participate in your Wednesday hearing. Yeah. Okay, so let's explain why... This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, this is how... First of all, these these uh, rep, these law professors he's referencing, those people are expert witnesses, and they are testifying about the constitutional grounds for presidential impeachment. So mm-hmm. it's basically an answer to the Republicans' argument of, like, this isn't impeachable. So why, why wouldn't that be an acceptable thing to have at a hearing, mm-hmm. is what I wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that... <clears throat> Um, I feel like that happens in regular cases all the time you know it's like you like if there's like a certain you know crime with like a murder or whatever you get a psychologist to be like why would someone like this murder someone right this is a smokescreen also so I think the letter also is trying to sort of confuse the situation to make it seem like Trump isn't getting a fair shake like Mm -hmm. it's the craziest thing in the world uh, but basically, the way it works is that Trump is that Nadler sent a letter to Trump last week notifying him of the hearings and inviting him and and or his counsel to participate, including giving them a chance to question the witnesses. But Trump and his team don't want to ask questions of the, of the witnesses. So they're just kind of to try to use this as a distraction. Yeah. Well, the other thing yeah. about about saying that they are denying Trump's witnesses is also bullshit because last. OK, so last month they the House set rules for the impeachment proceedings which is a normal thing to do because there's no set rules anywhere written out for them so they they had a resolution they decided what the rules would be and one of the rules was that the president's counsel can question witnesses and raise objections however the resolution also states that if the trump administration refuses to cooperate in the proceedings such as denying witnesses nadler can impose appropriate remedies including by denying specific requests by the president or his counsel under these procedures to call or question witnesses. And so they've already denied witnesses yeah. from coming to testify. Yeah. Right. They've denied John Bolton. They've denied Mick Mulvaney. Mick Mulvaney, the, Mike Pompeo, all these people. Mm-hmm. So they have already broken these rules. So basically, this is a response to the rules. And then Chipalone in his letter is essentially trying to say, is trying to say that they've been wronged to confuse the situation. Because to most people, this is confusing because I don't think that it's common knowledge what the rules of the, yes. of the impeachment proceedings are. And if they don't have any of their own witnesses there, they will you know, further play into this idea that the process is unfair because they don't have any witnesses there. I also feel like they're nervous because, you know, 
when they were having the impeachment hearings, they called two of their own witnesses who ended up helping the Democrats' case in the end. Right. That was funny. Yeah. These same rules that they're referring to are, if you remember last week, Elise Stefanik, who like flipped out at Adam Schiff for like making her shut up. That was also because of these rules that they are pretending they don't. Which that, that are uh, that are a lot of them were put into place yeah. by Republicans. Yeah, they were. They yeah. basically use the the prohibitions that these rules cause, mm-hmm. and then they blame the Democrats for same thing. In with, some way, just same thing them. with Matt Gates storming the skiff. You know, it's like right, like you you know you know you can't be there, and right. you know you're not supposed to have your phone in there, and you right. know that there's people who are quote unquote being left out of the hearings storming the skiff with you even though they had access to said hearings exactly exactly the other criticism was that trump is going to be at nato in london on wednesday Mm -hmm. when these hearings are out so he tweeted on saturday night i'll be representing our country capital capital c in london at nato while the democrats are holding the most ridiculous impeachment hearings in history read the transcripts nothing was done or said wrong the radical left is undercutting our country Hearings scheduled on the same dates as NATO. I find it interesting that they consistently say read the transcripts, but they don't attach a hyperlink to the transcripts. It's right. like, you know, if you really want everyone to read them, why wouldn't you tweet them out? The transcripts have already like been scrubbed of references to things like Burisma. Yeah. And also, the transcript doesn't look good for you. And that, well, it's also, it's like, cause someone made this point. I can't remember who it was. It's like, it, I think it was on someone on Twitter about like Thanksgiving. If you're dealing with someone who says Thanksgiving, it's like if they are not, they say that there was no quid pro quo. Be like, can you pass me the mashed potatoes? Be like, sure. But I'd like to do you. A, I would like you to do me a favor, though. That's literally what it was. Yeah, I think that I thought that was brilliant. It is so nice to be at Thanksgiving with all people who agree with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great. Yeah, skip the. Family. I would really be f- so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> if I, but. Yeah, I mean, also, if you read the transcript and you have over a third grade reading comprehension level, you can see what is being communicated Mm -hmm. there. It's literally only if you observe things and take them in at the level of like a kindergartner that you don't you're not able to suss out that there is a quid pro quo in that long conversation. Mm hmm. Okay, also the fact that he's at NATO scares me. Like, we don't need you there. Yeah. <laughs> like, we well, it's interesting. Go home. He's in London, but there's no plans for him to meet with Boris Johnson because even Boris Johnson doesn't want to be seen with him. That's weird. I thought they <clears> were <throat> like Siamese twins. I think... Twin I think, cities. I think Boris Johnson is like controlled chaos. More, you think? As opposed to Trump, who just like says shit. Did you see that Boris Johnson didn't like know how many kids he has? Like he wouldn't say. Oh, well, maybe because he has more he still want to tell people. <laughs> yeah, it's probably. Okay, so what's next for impeachment? Basically, they're going to Jerry Nadler's committee, the mm-hmm. House Judiciary Committee, and they're going to have these hearings. Obviously, Trump isn't going to show up. They're not going to, they probably will not get testimony from Mick Mulvaney and John Bolton, even though last week a federal judge ruled that the White House was not allowed to stop Don McGahn from testifying on the Mueller investigation, which would probably be a precedent that would apply here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Um, um, and then, you know, while the Intelligence Committee largely drafts a report in private, this more public debate is one last chance to move independent voters towards favoring impeachment. Uh, just because, like, after these past two weeks of public hearings, polling on impeachment has basically stayed the same. Um, 50 but good. It's but good. good. It's, I mean, since the beginning of announcing the impeachment inquiry, it has shifted a lot. But I think people a lot. It seems like a lot of people had like sort of made up their minds. Um, 
and you 50- mean like the 53 percent of republicans who says they like trump more than abraham lincoln yeah i don't know what that was about i wonder i would like I to do. S- it's called a cult i would like to see like how many people they asked that question and like how they framed the questions because it's like I see what you mean yeah i can't imagine people are that stupid but i guess i can I um definitely can. <laughs> um so you mean the guy who ended the civil war you know and ended slavery they want slavery that's yeah that's, so it really makes a lot of sense <laughs> and i guess the majority of republicans are white people mm-hmm. anyways they're like fucking so mad yeah <laughs> this abraham lincoln guy yeah so um 50 of americans are in favor of impeachment and this is way up as i was saying eventually the judiciary committee will draft and debate articles of impeachment um trump will almost certainly become the third president in history to be impeached and then it will move on to the senate some experts think that once he is formally impeached public sentiment could shift towards the removal so Exciting. we'll see yeah hopefully it'll all be done by christmas uh, a- i i personally am in favor of like years and years of putting this asshole on trial oh. for every single Thing he, he has will, ever done. I mean, this is just the one trial. I could watch this forever. I mean, once once he is no longer president, I feel like there he's gonna he, there's gonna be so many things. There won't be any. I really hope there will be. I know, but the, the, I don't the whole, think so. The, the New York Justice Department, the New York State AG, whatever. You know, it is nice to have such hope, but he will get away. Emoluments clause. You know. I know. I, yeah. Trump University. I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the that's the facts. It just doesn't matter. And like I think that ultimately what we you and you and I and probably the listeners of this podcast want is a world in which that would matter, but I just think that it it doesn't. It's <laughs> it just doesn't. Like they keep getting they keep getting out of it. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. 
And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Okay, let's go to the election section. Okay. The Iowa caucuses are two months away on February 3rd. That is the first big moment in the 2020 presidential election. I can't believe and it. I can't believe it. It's, it's almost here. It's so close. You know, time is a flat circle. It's true. So it'll be, it's like, it'll like, it'll be tomorrow. And then I'll be like, oh my God. I know. Um, can you believe it's tomorrow? <laughs> um, and the status of the race is that South Bend mayor, Pete Buttigieg, um, is surging in Iowa. Yeah. He's surging in Iowa. Um, uh, uh, Mayor Pete, he has built a huge ground game in Iowa since the beginning, and winning it has been integral to his strategy and is, like you said, now leading in the state. Um, I th- he's from the Midwest. He can resonate more with more Midwesterns. He's Westerners. He's white. Um, what I find interesting is that the person who is the front runner in December, usually in Iowa, does not go on to win the nomination. So here are a bunch of examples of that. Um, in 2004, John Kerry won Iowa after being sixth in polling in December behind Howard Dean. Jimmy Carter was 10th in December when he won in Iowa. Obama was third in 2008 and Hillary was first. Um, historically, the winner of Iowa has an edge because they show they are a contender in the race. People will be like, oh, I guess they're electable because they won Iowa. So when you look at, we were looking at the RCP average right now, which is the real career politics, which basically is an aggregate of all, um, you know, major polling. And so most recently, so right now it's with Pete Buttigieg at 24%, um, percent, Bernie Sanders at 18.3%, Elizabeth Warren with 17.7%, Biden with 16.3%, and then it's a big drop off to Amy Klobuchar at 53 In the most recent poll from Iowa State University, B- Pete Buttigieg is at 26, Bernie Sanders, or Elizabeth Warren is at 19, Bernie Sanders is at 18, and Biden's at 12. What's interesting is when you pull below 15, it's it's not it means that it's not good. Right. Well, the top four people are polling above 15. So Yeah, I mean, except for Biden in the most recent one. Oh, of Iowa State University. Yeah, yeah I mean, Biden, do you see this no malarkey boss? Is he yeah. joking? <laughs> Like, I feel like I came up with that as a joke. <laughs> and like, it's here. That, that's just like a no bullshit. That's what it basically means, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But like, are you kidding me? I know. Like, did you ask? Have you ever been on Twitter? I know. Like, what did he think? I guess. Did you happen to read this Kamala Harris? Harris? Kamala Harris? Uh-huh. Kamala Harris article about her, how her campaign like kind of imploded. Because they were only looking at Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. I saw like a headline about it. But I, oh, sorry. I didn't see like really gives you some perspective. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you have this um, profile about Liz Smith, mm-hmm. who is running Buttigieg's campaign. And 
last week I went a little hard on him or two weeks ago I went a little hard on him for the uh, the sketchy endorsements mm-hmm. for like the black community and based on that profile I feel like she came up with this uh, okay. strategy I don't really know anything about her either she's pretty interesting because she's like kind of ruthless okay um, but she runs his campaign and mm. she like is one of those people who would appears to me is not afraid to like fight a little bit dirty mm. but also she wants she is happy to get him on like every platform so like let's get him here i'd love to ask him some things yeah let's would, do it would you yeah i'll ask mary pete something i feel like you're just exploding with like <laughs> wanting to express why you're annoyed at him and it, i just feel the energy coming I know. off of you I, and like someone really came for me on twitter not too long ago because i was I, I was basically reading like what everyone was saying and basically just like re- critiquing him. And someone was like, Oh, you don't like mayor Pete. It's offensive. And I was like, okay, just because I, I, I don't like a gay person. Want, I don't want my gay, a gay person to be president, this, but not any gay person, specifically this gay person. I don't give a fuck. It could like, if all of them were gay, I'd be like, great. I'm a gay. You know what I mean? I'm right. Okay. But you think it has to, okay, keep going. I think, I think it's like even better for someone like me to talk shit about, not talk shit, but you know, have Question, an opinion have about an opinion it. about Mayor Pete because I know that a lot of like you know white gay men in this area of New York City like Mayor Pete because he is a white gay man and it doesn't really I don't see it going beyond that in a lot of aspects like I've talked about this before I've on Fire Island like going to Fire Island I would see a lot of Mayor Pete shirts or Mayor Pete hats and I would ask people I'm like oh why do you support Mayor Pete and they're like oh it's just so amazing to have an openly gay candidate for president being taken so seriously I'm like okay what policies do you like about them? And it stops and it drives me fucking bonkers. And just like over this past weekend, he came out with his healthcare plan where he thinks that, you know, middle class means a hundred thousand dollars. You know right. what I mean? And it's like, so you don't think like, and oh no, it was also about tuition. Yeah. So it was about tuition. And it was like, so you think that someone, a family that makes a hundred thousand dollars can afford to send their kids to college. They can't. College is fucking expensive. Right. And to, you know, use this like can't do attitude all the time to try and justify why we need corporate interests in our lives as opposed to, you know, the government helping us out as opposed to maybe spending all this money like erroneously that we don't need to spend. Uh, maybe spend it to educate our people because if what what leads to, you know, these conspiracy theories and all of this like, you know, crazy shit that people keep saying is education these people people aren't properly educated and we should be working to properly educate every single person in america and you know he had that whole controversy recently how he talked about how african americans need to see need to see someone to set an example for them in their communities so like but remember when biden said that that black mothers don't say like enough words to their kids yeah without like acknowledging the fact that you know schools that are the majority white get so much more public funding versus schools that are majority um, not. Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of times someone like a Biden or a Buttigieg, like read some sort of like social science, you know, some sort of study. And then they extrapolate it in a way that is often incredibly offensive. Yeah. And not necessarily representative of an individual, but of like a statistical difference that they are then imposing onto people to be like you are at fault for your own situation i also feel like a lot of time they don't take into account you know the systematic generational efforts there have been to you know oppress people 
Right. I was reading this. I was reading another article. It was about how like white people can like seriously underestimate the impact of slavery mm-hmm. that still exists. Like I think it was only like 20% of white people consider the history of slavery to have like a lasting impact today mm-hmm. compared with like, I don't remember what the percentage was for minorities, but mm-hmm. it was much higher. I mean, you know, there's people who are living in America today who had family members who were slaves. That's yeah. just the way it is. You know what I mean? And so, and there are people who have family members today who own slaves. You know what I mean? Right. And so that, right, I, like that's where your generational wealth yeah. comes from. If you go, exactly. If you go five generations back in some families yeah. and you would be looking at wealth that was acquired due to slave labor. Yes. And I mean, yeah. And it's like, and that's not even accounting for like the generational trauma that exists yes. in each person of having a family member who was maybe three or four, you know, ancestors back mm-hmm. who was enslaved for their life. Like, yeah, I don't, I'm not comparing this, but I will, I'm, I will give a, a moment for my own life is that having grandparents who were in Auschwitz, mm-hmm. I feel generational trauma from that. And yeah. that was something that for them was like a few years of their life. Mm-hmm. That was not like birth to death that they were owned and enslaved. Yeah. It was, a, it was a, sh- a short but brutal, obviously, very horrible period of their lives. Yeah. So I think that it would be ridiculous to think that if I'm this impacted by something two generations back that was not a lifelong mm-hmm. thing, like they were able to have kids and restart their lives. If you go, let's say, five generations back for someone and their ancestor was enslaved their whole yeah. life, like you're that's going to take a lot to get out of. I also think even looking at the flip side of that, you know, as like, not like as someone who is like, maybe like generations ago, what were the oppressor? It's not like their ideology of like, you know, I'm better than this subtech sub subgroup of like, whatever mind this minority, I'm better than this minority. They're going to pass that thought process on to their kids. And then like, even like, even if it, you know, it's, they don't own like their kids don't own slaves. They're still going to be in that mindset of like, oh, well, I saw my dad talk to the people like this. I'm going to talk to people like this. And then so on and so forth. You know, I never actually thought of it that way, but that's a great point. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, that is a great point. And every, and I I guess that's why white supremacy is so enduring or Mm -hmm. not even white supremacy. If you don't have to be white supremacy to be believe that, white people should be dominant or that there's nothing wrong with the fact that there can be no diversity well, at the top of yeah. the society. And you general. could see that you could see that when there was that whole debate about, you know, the Confederate flags, it's like, why do these people, why does this 16 year old kid, white kid from like Virginia give so much of a fuck about the fucking Confederate flag flying up at their like or statue flying at their school. It's like, because it's someone taught them, someone that that's taught important. them that, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's not. Anyways. Right. Anyway, speaking of, speaking of whiteness, <laughs> let's talk about the Iowa caucus for a minute because yeah. we wanted to talk about just some of the conversation that's happening around the electoral process right now and like what the Iowa caucus is, why it's so important, like why everyone gives such a shit about Iowa. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is how the Iowa caucus works. On the evening, so this is at night, it's an event that takes place at night. On the evening of February 3rd, Iowa Democrats will attend caucuses in 1,681 precincts across the state. So there's one, there's 1,600 of these happening at once, basically. Mm-hmm. And how it works is it's kind of like this wild, wild west vibe. Like, I know most people listening probably go into a voting booth, press a button, whatever it is, mark their ballot with a pen, hopefully, and um, 
<laughs> using their hammer paper ballots and then they like go home but this is like a wild thing so basically supporters physically congregate in groups marked for their candidate of choice mm-hmm. it's you do it like one round and then candidates with less than 15 percent of the attendees in their corner are eliminated then those supporters of those candidates can go to go go to the join the groups of the remaining candidates yes it could be a second choice or they could be persuaded so i think there's like a lot of yelling like mm-hmm. it's a very very intense well, thing so that's why it I, also sounds yeah. very old-fashioned so that's why i was saying you know if you're pulling below 15 percent, that's not very good because yes. you need 15 percent to go on to the next round Exactly. So this process repeats with the people dropping out and people moving to different people until there are only viable candidates left, meaning candidates with 15% or more. Mm -hmm. Um, And then basically delegates are apportioned according to the percentage of attendees in each candidate's corner. Mm -hmm. So it kind of shows where you stand, at least according to Iowa, which is 91% white. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now let's talk about some of the criticism around it mm-hmm. um iowa is 90 percent white um it's not it's an evening caucus so basically you're eliminating all the people who can't get there at night so mm-hmm. you know it's a freezing cold monday night in iowa mm-hmm. um people who work people who can't find childcare, maybe they don't have transportation maybe they have a disability those people basically all can't attend and so basically only one in five eligible eligible voters actually show up and like you said, Iowa is 90% white. Nationally, non-whites account for a third of eligible voters. So there's a big, you know, shift there. Correct. The other thing is that Iowa always has to go first. Um, that's kind of like their thing. They're like a little bit obsessed with it. Um, and what that basically causes is that the candidates kind of pander to them. For example, when Pete Buttigieg ran for Democratic Party chair before he ran for mayor, he pledged to keep Iowa first which is probably helping him now because they're like, oh, he loves us. Like, let's yeah. keep him. Um, the other thing is it's been suggested changing to a primary, which is what we have in most states um, with the exception of uh, Nevada and Wisconsin or Wyoming and Wyoming. Yeah. Um, basically, they were they don't want to change to a primary even though that would be more accessible and people, you could do it all day. It doesn't have to just be this like few hours at night mm-hmm. because they take it. They, it's honestly kind of like in the Iowan pride that they take it really seriously that they're first. And as a result, they're general, they consider themselves to be better informed than the general public because mm-hmm. of how this works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, the other thing is that it would be difficult for Iowa to transition to a primary primary because in new hampshire's state charter it stipulates that they hold the nation's first primary um which Mm. is the case because iowa has a caucus so iowa would have to give up being first potentially Uh, what i don't get is that like can they do on the same day right what i don't get is like what if like we all say we're going first yeah i don't get that either like Like, i want to go first why does new hampshire get to say it's going first right i know doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense did, did they get some sort of like privilege because they like signed the constitution first? Like what happened there? <laughs> Is that true? I don't. I, I, I maybe they did. Oh. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so it's kind of, it's a little sketchy. Yeah, but and the, you, the candidates even agree. You know, Biden has said they are in representative. Elizabeth Warren said, I'm just a player in the game. Julian Castro said, Iowa is not reflective of the United States. Did you happen to catch um, Elizabeth Warren saying that? If she ran for a second term, she would want to not be elected by the Electoral College. She would want to be elected by a Democratic vote. Oh. Good luck, Liz. Yeah. 
Oh, she's, you know, I feel like now that she's like falling in the polls, disappointing, truly. Um, she can maybe go a little more pie in the sky. Well, you know, I think she was burning a little too close. She was flying a little close to the sun for a while. For a woman. For Well, yeah. But like even like, you know, that's what like, it's when you become the front runner early, that's when you get attacked. That's it's true. the scary part about it. Can I be honest? I'm like a little bit afraid of any of the, like every time that there's like a new front runner and there's a new person and then we pick them apart. It literally frightens me because I feel like there is not going to be anyone left to run against Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a consensus, though, among Democrats who are like voters will be like They'll anyone for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like will ban between anyone. I've. But so, then do you think it's better if there's a moderate because then you've got like the middle people who are like scared of the progressive wing, they will all vote and then the progressives will vote because they know. No, because no, because I think if whoever the candidate is, say they are progressive, if they are able to explain their, you know, issues, like another issues or their plans, then like, well, they are like articulate it well, not like that past sentence. Um, (laughs) Then they may vote for them because, you know, when they when like something just came out where they, they, they explained Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax plan to Trump Republican voters, and they're all so for it. But then when they explain, like, who's behind it, et cetera, et cetera, they're a little more like, oh, shit. A lot of Right, you- but both things do matter. Yeah, I know. But I think if you're able to, you know, explain why you are better. Also, I think right now, sorry, this is kind of a tangent, but not really. Currently, there is a climate conference happening in Madrid. And, you know, we're like the one nation not attending. The House of Representatives is there. Like Nancy Pelosi is there. Um, not the one nation, but Na- Nancy Pelosi is like our representation there right now. Right. And Well, Donald Trump's at NATO. And Donald uh, Trump's at NATO. But Donald Trump is, you know, like the major how power. How those things overlap? I know. Donald Trump is saying they're pulling out of the Paris Climate Accord next year. I mean, just hammer that point home. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit. We're, the earth is on fire. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know. Like, I'm just saying it to just get it out there like i just worry that the moderate progressive split is going to take us down because every time you you know you i feel like we've sort of been Mm -hmm. ping-ponging back and forth almost in the primary first you have biden people are like oh he can get elected like everyone loves him everyone Uh knows him he's america's grandpa whatever blah 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 (laughs) okay then you see that he's like kind of not there yeah like i think personally my issue with him is not anything set dressing it's that he like cannot campaign like mm-hmm. he can't even make a speech he, okay he can't even go on pots even and he's not fire he's not clearly not hiring the right people either mm-hmm. okay second then you have elizabeth warren who was the front runner mm-hmm. she was like everyone loved her they were so inspired by her then she's too progressive you know bloomberg and the billionaires are getting afraid of her there's a lot of backlash to that. I think she also, when she her, in her debate performance, when she got attacked about healthcare, and she right. wouldn't explain she how she couldn't paid explain for her it. plan. Everyone thinks, oh, she's just a socialist. She's going to tax me. Okay, now we're back to Mayor Pete, who like pulled, became a moderate, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And now it's like everyone's attacking him for like not being everything. Literally any attack they can have, some yeah. of which are legitimate, some of which are not, mm-hmm. or not not legitimate, but some of which are maybe a bit distorted. Yeah, and I'm concerned that if we keep going between this, like, oh, let's like find a moderate to destroy for being moderate, then let's find a progressive to destroy for being progressive, let's find another moderate to like pick apart. I'm really just afraid that we're going to continue picking apart these people who are like ultimately, all of them are viable and good and like probably and 100 would be better 
than what we have right now. And yet we're like kind of being a bit unforgiving about our own candidates. And that is what concerns me. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think whoever it is will, they'll, people will band together to support. I really hope so. I can't imagine someone who said they would vote for even Joe Biden. Or I mean, I guess Joe Biden maybe, but like Mayor Pete then going to go vote for Trump. Like it, I'm sure they exist, but I don't think it's the majority of people. Right. Um, so who will be next? Bernie Sanders? Maybe. The next person to get completely... I don't know. Just destroyed. I've donated to four candidates so far this election cycle, and now I'm only donating to two. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I donated to a few, mm-hmm. one of whom went nowhere. <laughs> Column, sorry. I know. Well, if you buy a shirt, that means you're donating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I like her. Yeah. It's a, so she was also another one who got like, but I don't even know what wing she considers herself in. I don't even I don't think even, she knows. I don't know what happened to, to that campaign. Yeah. Unfortunately. I do. I've read the New York Times article yeah. about it. It was the, the headline destroyed was, by Twitter. The headline was, what happened to Kamala Harris's campaign, right? Yeah. You can find <laughs> out. Okay. Let's move on to one more thing. Mm-hmm. We have an update from Hong Kong. Um, we don't do a ton of international news on this podcast, but we are going to be updating you on really important stories like what's happening in Hong Kong, Brexit, et cetera, Brazil, mm-hmm. you know, all those people. And you can always find it in the Betch Us Up newsletter. Yes, in the long distance relationship section mm-hmm. about international relations. Okay, so China says it is banning U.S. military visits to Hong Kong in response to Washington's support for protesters. So basically what happened last week, Trump signed legislation supporting Hong Kong's pro-democracy protesters and calling for Beijing to respect human rights. I can't even believe I just read that sentence. Uh-huh. It seems weird, but like, I'm. this is great. Yeah, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the legislation was called the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. It made it through both houses of Congress. Mitch McConnell got off his ass and did something for once <laughs> with unanimous bipartisan approval. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, And the new law requires Washington to monitor Beijing's action in Hong Kong, basically if they are too hard on the protesters and commit human rights violations. Too late. (laughs) Too late. It enables the U.S. to revoke special trading status it has granted Hong Kong if China undermines the city's rights and freedoms. It also says that the U.S. should allow Hong Kong residents to obtain U.S. visas if they have been arrested for being part of nonviolent protests. So we are allowing these political descendants. Mm -hmm. Dissidents, not descendants. <laughs> dissidents. Um, the protesters in Hong Kong were happy. They flew American flags and Trump banners in support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the law was signed, uh, after the bill was signed into law, China's foreign ministry accused the U.S. of bullying behavior, disregarding the facts, and publicly supporting violent criminals. Fact, just not in this situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they are also suspending access to the terror to um, Hong Kong for military ships and aircraft, in addition to su- imposing sanctions on several U.S. NGOs for what it calls bad behavior. Complicated. Yeah. Um, the move could complicate negotiations between China and the U.S. to end their trade war because in two weeks, uh, this comes just two weeks before December 15th, plan to impose an additional 15% tariff on about um, $156 billion of Chinese products. It's tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a crazy amount of money anyways. Right. Can you imagine? Yeah. So much. Just I know can that, I have that a little bit? It's like Cyber Monday, and they're saying they're, they're hoping to make like $8.9 billion. And I'm like, that's still less than how much Well, Jeff I spent Bezos like has. $1 billion of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many good sales. Um... Got yeah. so much shit for cheap. There you go. 
I mean, I felt really, I was like, oh, I'm being so consumption-y right now. And mm-hmm. like, the, and I've I started to think about like, oh, like what is the effect mm-hmm. on like being this, the effect of being this consumptive? Mm-hmm. Like I do the returns and yeah. yeah. I, don't I don't know. know. It's a lot. By experiences, not things. That's my new thing, I think. But I, I mean, good. then again, I don't know where my money is going. You True. know, I, I could be, I could be like giving money. Like, I don't know. You never know. That's the thing. Everything's owned by like five evil people. It's like so. Chances are, I know. your money's going. It's to like that. I could like you know spend two hundred fifty dollars at a nice restaurant as like a, as like a as, as like a, a like a, a treat yourself moment, and then it's like you know that restaurant donates to I don't know uh, anti LGBTQ advocates. You know what right. I mean? It's that like restaurant. You never know. Chick Fil A. Yeah, the owner. Of I that could restaurant. be spending two hundred fifty dollars at Chick Fil A, and then I find out <laughs> that they're still donating to the anti LGBTQ yeah. organizations. Okay, thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we are giving away a free Apple Watch worth $400. Mm -hmm. Basically, all you have to do is give this podcast a five-star review and write a five-star rating and then write a review anytime this month from now to the end of December. Screenshot it, send it to us, or you can post it on your story, whatever is easier. Mm -hmm. Um, You can send it to us through DM. Or email. Or email, supatbetches.com. Basically, what happens when you do that is we will enter you automatically to win a free Apple Watch. Very exciting. And if you're not already subscribed to the newsletter, which I feel like we told you a million times, you should be subscribed by now at betches.co slash slash sign up. If you're not already subscribed, you can get a second entry by subscribing. Mm -hmm. So if you subscribe, you get an entry to win the Apple Watch. If you rate and review and then send us a screenshot or post a screenshot, you can be entered again to win an Apple Watch. Mm -hmm. So where you subscribe is betches.co slash slash sign up. Elise writes it. She's so funny. It is truly a pleasure Mm -hmm. to receive. And just like, here's an insider tip. Um, that I don't know if I should tell you, but here, here you go. Sometimes I have multiple email addresses. I won't know if you sign up with multiple email addresses. Will you? No. Exactly. I mean, actually, I usually sit and scour the subscriptions. <laughs> um, Change the name. Typically. But. Is this insider know, trading? I don't know. Typically, I'm sitting there check, taking a list and checking it twice. Ah. You know. <laughs> it's the holidays. Me and the holiday spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I love that. No, I'm just kidding. Subscribe as many times as you fucking want. <laughs> okay, and guys. And we hope you win the watch. Mm-hmm. It's free for you, but not for us. Correct. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to come back, come back with something to that, but like, I can't think of what it is. Like, it's almost there. Maybe I'll think of it later in the shower. Um, all right. Until the end of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. Batches.